All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today we are talking about the new hires to the Arthur Smith led Falcons coaching staff, as well as talking about whether or not Arthur Smith's scheme is going to build Matt Ryan's confidence. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalFans.com. RIP, still going strong on Twitter at FalFans. And, of course, the host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode, we're going to start to talk about the conversation around Arthur Smith's coaching staff. We got a couple of official hires on Thursday. Four people were officially added to the staff. There's a fifth person that is uh, reportedly expected to be hired to the staff as well. And that will lead us a little bit to a conversation about the Falcons, quote unquote, switching to a three, four defense. Um, so we'll touch upon that a little bit later on the episode and get a little bit more into one of the specific hires. Not necessarily Dean Pease, but Charles London. I think there's an interesting thing there. And then we'll wrap up today's episode by continuing off of something I was talking about at the beginning of yesterday's episode, which was a year-end review of the Falcons quarterback position and talking about why Matt Ryan's struggles um, have been scheme-related, play-calling-related. Um, and one of the things I didn't talk about, I talked about how Matt Ryan lacked confidence because of Dirk Cutter's play calling. And I didn't really talk about whether or not Arthur Smith's play calling is going to give Matt Ryan that confidence back. So that's going to be what we uh, get into a little bit further on today's episode. So without further ado, let's sort of get into the lead story, uh, talking about the new coaches that are joining Arthur Smith here in Atlanta. New Falcons head coach Arthur Smith has begun assembling his assistant coaching staff as on Thursday, the team officially announced the hirings of Dean Pease as defensive coordinator, Dave Ragone as offensive coordinator and Marquise Williams as special teams coordinator. It was also announced that current Falcons wide receiver coach Dave Brock will be retained by the Smith staff in the same capacity. Brock, the former head coach at the University of Delaware, has been a part of the Falcons coaching staff since 2017. Also, Tom Palacero of NFL Network reported on Thursday that the team is expected to hire former Bears running backs coach Charles London as their new quarterback coach. Pease may be the most notable hire of this group as the 71-year-old coach is coming out of a one-year retirement after two seasons as the Tennessee Titans defensive coordinator where he coached alongside Smith. Prior to that, P spent six years as the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. Before that, he served under Bill Belichick as the Patriots defensive coordinator from 2006 to 2009. Across those 12 years as a defensive coordinator in the NFL, Pease's defense have finished in the top 10 in the least points allowed eight times and in the top 12, 11 times using football outsiders DVOA rankings. Pease's defense have finished in the top 10 a total of six times with the most recent one being his 2017 Ravens unit. Both of his Titans defenses finished 18th in defense, according to football outsiders in 2018 and 2019. Prior to joining the Patriots in 2004, Pease was the head coach at Kent State for six seasons where he compiled a 17 and 51 record before that P served as a defensive coordinator under Nick Saban at Toledo for one year in 1990. Other notable bullet points on Pease's resume is that he was Ray Lewis's position coach at the end of Lewis's career. 
when Pease was the Ravens inside linebacker coach in 2010 and 2011 before taking over as defensive coordinator. Ragone joins the Falcons after five years with the Chicago Bears, serving as quarterback coach for four years before being promoted this past year as that team's passing game coordinator. Ragone also served alongside Smith earlier in his coaching career in Tennessee, where he served as wide receivers and quarterback coach under Mike Munchak from 2011 through 2013. Ragone is a former NFL quarterback that briefly played with the Houston Texans from 2003 to 2005. He won't have the responsibility of calling plays in Atlanta, however, as Smith already indicated that he will handle those duties. London was also part of that Bears staff as a running backs coach and will now get his first opportunity to coach quarterbacks should the NFL Network report prove true. Marquise Williams spent two years as an assistant special teams coach with the Lions. Prior to that, he spent three years in the same capacity with the Chargers, where he also coached kicker Youngway Koo in 2017. Brock and Smith coached alongside one another when Smith got his start as a graduate assistant at his alma mater, the University of North Carolina way back in 2006. Brock was also on that UNC staff the year before when Smith was a backup offensive lineman. This is only the beginning as Smith will likely begin to fill more openings among his coaching staff over the weekend. So guys, there's your locked on Falcons lead story, getting those first couple of coaching hires and we'll get more into those coaches talking a little bit more about Dean Pease and then bringing the three, four defense. We'll talk a little bit about the opportunity ahead for Charles London. Should that hire become official in the coming days? But before we get there, I want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at blue Nile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So it's a brand new year and why not start off your year right by getting healthy and you know to get healthy, you got to eat right. And our friends at Built Bar make eating right easy because you don't have to sacrifice flavor because you can get the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. They have great flavors. My go-tos are coconut almond, peanut butter. I'm a big fan of their new white chocolate coconut deluxe, but you can get other flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia, and so much more. And Built Bars aren't just tasty. They're also healthy. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. I like to use them as low-calorie meal replacement for breakfast and lunch. You can use them to give yourself an energy boost pre- or post-workout, however you want. So all you got to do is just head over to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. So we're going to talk about what Dean Pease is going to be bringing to the table as the Falcons new defensive coordinator and we'll see what Dean can bring but I knew know that Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports is certainly bringing a lot to the table on the Locked On Bets podcast subscribe to Locked On Bets so that you can get Lee's locks all winter long whether we're talking about college basketball football or the NBA subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts so I know I'm going to inevitably get all these questions about, oh, the Falcons are switching to a 3-4 with Dean Pease, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to reiterate the point. I'm going to sit here and say it doesn't matter. And the reason why I say that is because that's an antiquated perspective on how to play defense. There really isn't that much difference between the 3-4s and 4-3s defenses of today as there were yesteryear. The distinction used to come from because 4-3 teams were teams that have four 
down linemen and they were one gapping schemes and three, four teams were had three down linemen, but really five because the two edges were standing up, but three down linemen and they were two gapping schemes. And what those words mean, one gapping and two gapping for those that are uninitiated, those refer to how, you know, each player in the front is responsible in a one gapping scheme for one gap in terms of their one run fits in a three, four defense, each player, or really the three down linemen are responsible for two gaps in their run fits. And what has changed over the last 10, 20 years is that there has been much more hybridization. So there's a lot more teams out there that call themselves three, four teams, but basically are one gapping schemes. And the Falcons have been a hybrid three, four, four, three defense since the entirety of the Dan Quinn era. So that's why I sit here and I say like this stuff doesn't matter anymore because it's just like you're, you're making slight tweaks to it. You're not really making massive changes to what you're doing from a schematic standpoint or a structural standpoint defensively. You're just tweaking things minorly. So it's not that big a deal. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to get the, the sound bite of Nick Saban talking about quit asking, uh, whenever somebody brings up, you know, what do you think it means when the Falcons are switching to a three, four, I'm going to be like, it doesn't matter, man. It's quit asking. It doesn't mean anything. Just let it go guys. It doesn't matter. Um, what I will sit here and say, I think the real value that DNPs brings to the table is not the scheme switch. It's more, you know, the discipline that he's potentially going to bring, bring to the table. You no, know, those Ravens defenses have long been known for their discipline. Um, and Pease's background from coming from that Belichick Saban school uh, of thought is also the do your job mantra. And it, that's really what the Falcons defense has needed more of in recent years than necessarily what their scheme was. Um, so I would certainly love to be a fly on the wall when, you know, the first time that Dean Pease has to chew out Deion Jones for being out of his gap. Uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to. So I definitely, I'm going to watch more film of the Titans defense over the weekend um, to sort of see if there are any sort of quirks schematically uh, that's worth noting. And maybe particularly in the secondary, I think that's really where I'm going to pay my attention to, uh, to see if that's going to tip our hand to what types of players uh, this defense might be attracted to moving forward. But I think the, the real big question is going to be given Pease's age, you know, you're probably not expecting him to be a long-term option here. So I'm curious to sort of see who else uh, Arthur Smith hires on that side of the ball with the mindset of potentially grooming that person to take over for Dean Pease a year or two down the road. Uh, I'll be interested to see who that person is. I know some people have thrown the name around like Tyrone McKenzie, who's currently the Lions linebacker coach, uh, who played under Pease during his days in New England and then coached under him as the Titans inside linebacker for the two years that Pease was the D coordinator there. So that's a name to keep an eye on or whatever the case may be. So that's all I have to say about Dean Pease as of yet. Maybe I'll have more to say next week after some film study. But let's move our attention to Charles London because I think this this is the most interesting of the potential hires. Again, it's not official as of yet, but if it does go through and he he is the Falcons' new quarterback coach. I think this is the most interesting and the most compelling of the hires. Um, not necessarily because I believe that Charles London is going to be bringing, or I don't know what Charles London is going to be bringing to the table as a quarterback coach because this is the first time he'll get an opportunity to coach quarterbacks as a former running back. Um, but, you know, it does signal a great 
move for diversity, which I, I know has been a big topic of conversation among uh, NFL coaching ranks for the last several years. And, you know, if London does get named the Falcons quarterback coach, I think that will make him only the third black quarterback coach in the NFL currently. And I think there's only two black offensive coordinators in the NFL, of course, Eric Bieniemy and Byron Lefwich. And we know that offensive coaches are the new hotness, as they say, when it comes to getting head coaches. So these guys are given opportunities now being sort of playing or coaching these sort of hot positions that typically can get fast-tracked to becoming head coaches. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, And what's interesting to me is because London, as I mentioned, played running back. And one of the things that you see oftentimes in the NFL level, particularly between white and black coaches is that oftentimes you'll see black coaches get pigeonholed to coaching the position that they played. While that isn't always true of white coaches, you know, especially on offense, I think uh, where that's more true uh, than it is on defense. But we know that London's not going to have the opportunity to call plays here in Atlanta because he's going to be third net hierarchy behind Arthur Smith, Dave Ragone. Um, but we, we know that, you know, for some coaches not calling plays is not, necessarily a major obstacle uh, to become an NFL head coach. But, uh, you know, I I do think having him as a quarterback coach does put him on that path to success. Someone on Twitter commented to me that, you know, if the Falcons draft a young quarterback and are successful in developing that guy over the next several years, you know, London could get a lot of credit for helping develop that guy. And that that will certainly help. That'll be a strong uh, indicator on his resume, but you also got to mention the Matt Ryan factor. We know that there have been several assistant coaches that have gotten promotions after coaching Matt Ryan. And whether we're talking about his many offensive coordinators becoming head coaches, um, but several of his quarterback coaches have also gotten the promotion to become offensive coordinators and play callers elsewhere. You, you can look at guys like Bill Musgrave and Matt, Matt LaFleur. So I think if Matt Ryan rebounds this season or in the near future, that's also a feather in Charles London's cap. So I know for me personally, I'm much more invested in the sort of minority coaches getting more expanded opportunities. But I know for some of you guys listening, that's not something that you particularly care about. So I will then say, well, the reason why you should care is maybe not for that reason, but at least it's planting a seed for the Falcons to potentially get a two third round picks down the road. So that's what will lead that off. And then we'll get into the conversation about, you know, Matt Ryan rebounding and whether or not, you know, Arthur Smith's scheme is going to be able to build that confidence that Matt Ryan has been lacking in the play calling the last couple of seasons under Dirk Cutter, whether we're going to get that back and that will rebound in 2021 and beyond as well. But before we get there, guys, you know, this is a big weekend. The teams that are going to win this weekend will go on to the Super Bowl. I already put my bets in earlier for this weekend's championship games, I got the Chiefs minus three against Buffalo. I got the Packers minus three against the Bucks. So I'm, I'm going chalk. Those lines haven't moved since I put those bets in Tuesday night. Uh, you know, my betting history is not the greatest in the world. Maybe you hear those picks and you're like, oh, those are my picks. And you say, if Aaron bet on them, that's those are guaranteed losers. So maybe you want to find a way to hedge in some way. And, of course, there's one place that has you covered in that regard. One place I trust that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, don't forget that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, in addition to locked on bets, you should be looking for the best bets 
this Sunday, of course, by subscribing to the Locked On NFL podcast and checking out Friday's episode with your boy Q and Bo Brock as they get a betting expert from the Action Network. Get your full weekend preview on your Sunday six pack and winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. So if you listen to yesterday's year-end quarterback review, uh, I talked a lot about the lack of confidence that Matt Ryan had in Dirk Cutter's play calling, and that led to many of the issues that we've seen from him and this offense the past two years. And I'm sure many of you listened to that, and you were waiting for me to say, hey, Aaron, now that we have a different play caller, what does that mean? And I didn't give you that answer, and partially because I was kind of holding off on the idea because next week I, I do want to do a, a more in-depth breakdown of what I've seen on film of Smith's offense, and I was kind of holding off on that. But I think it is worthwhile addressing uh, that at least somewhat without – doesn't necessarily spoil that episode. So um, if you missed the first 10 minutes of yesterday's episode, basically the summary was that Cutter's offense didn't really do a good job creating easy windows and easy throws and reads based off of his route concepts, which then forced Matt Ryan uh, to have to overly rely on the individual skill of the wide receivers to get open, which then forced him to stare down wide receivers and stagnate the offense. And we'll certainly talk about this more when we get to the wide receiver positional review, but it also didn't help things that the Falcons wide receivers weren't as good at beating that man coverage this year, as I I'm guessing many of you would think they should have been. And, you know, I think the thing with Arthur Smith's offense, I think it's going to be a better job. It's going to do a better job creating those easy windows and throws. Um, but I don't necessarily know if it's going to do quite the same thing that Kyle Shanahan's offense did, which we contrasted Cutter's offense with on yesterday's episode. Basically, if we were going to plot QB friendliness on the spectrum and Shanahan was at one end of the spectrum and Cutter was at the opposite end of the spectrum, I would probably put Arthur Smith's offense based off what I've seen probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, what I've seen on film, I felt like uh, they've been a little bit too reliant on the individual ability of guys like AJ Brown and Corey Davis to win man to man coverage. Um, and that's been a big way that they've created some of their big plays, but I, I have seen some very clear cut concepts that Smith does incorporate into his offense. I've seen plays where they are drawing up specific plays and routes that seem like they're targeted to attack certain coverages and certain matchups. So I think you're definitely going to get more of that in Arthur Smith's offense, but I don't know if you're going to see the same frequency that you saw in Kyle Shanahan's offense at the height of his powers. And that's just not a reference to 2016. That's also a reference to some of the things that, I thought Shanahan was doing very creatively at the beginning of 2015 when the offense was clicking during that Falcons 5-0 and start. And I felt like one of the reasons why the offense stopped working after that point in time was Julio got hurt and Hankerson got hurt. And it just wasn't as effective drawing things up with Roddy White and Justin Hardy and Nick Williams that year, which is why the Falcons spent significant resources investing in that wide receiver position and tight end position the following offseason by getting Muhammad Sanu, Taylor Gabriel, Alchick Robinson, and Austin Hooper, as well as Josh Perkins. You can throw him in there as well. So, um, you know, I think one of the big issues holding back the Falcons offense in 2015 was that it was still a little bit too Julio centric. And I think that held the Falcons offense back. And part of the reason why it was so Julio centric was because Matt Ryan was unfamiliar with the scheme and his lack of confidence again in the other weapons that the Falcons had, which kind of forced him to have to stare down Julio Jones a lot that season. And that's part of the reason for those of you that 
weren't listening to the podcast or were listening to the podcast that I was very much on the Roddy White is washed train in 2015, uh, which was, you know, sort of the minority opinion at that time because everybody was blaming Kyle Shanahan for that. But to me, watching the film, it was clear to me that Matt Ryan's trust in Roddy White was lacking that year and he wasn't really looking his way. Um, and so like, you know, I've always had the adage that like Matt Ryan's telling you what he thinks about players by based off of his performance. And what he was telling us in 2015 is that he does not have any confidence that Roddy White's good anymore. So all that to say, I do think Matt Ryan will be better in Arthur Smith's system. I think comfort and confidence aren't necessarily guaranteed in that regard. Uh, as we know, it takes Matt Ryan a little bit of time to get comfortable with a new play caller. We've seen that happen the last couple of times he's made those switches, but I'm at least semi-optimistic um, because, you know, from what I expect from Smith and what he's going to bring to the table this year, I'm, I'm semi-optimistic that it won't be as big an issue uh, moving forward with this sort of play caller change that we've seen in, in recent years due to the familiarity that Matt Ryan's going to have with some of the things that Smith is running. And I know some of you are like, wait a second, I've heard that before. Weren't we talking two years ago about Dirk Cutter's familiarity with Matt Ryan being a reason why there wasn't going to be as much year one regression with him? Um, and you're right. We did talk about that, myself included. Um, but I do feel like that was more of a personal familiarity than necessarily a conceptual familiarity. I think Arthur Smith conceptually there's going to be a lot of concepts that are familiar to Matt Ryan that will help better than necessarily being like, Hey, this guy coached me six years ago. We're, we're buddies. He knows me, you know, that doesn't mean anything when it's, you know, first, first and 10, you know, with two minutes to go in the third quarter or whatever, we need a, a play call. Right. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So I, I'm semi optimistic that we will avoid that year one regression this year. Um, but we'll just have to see. I won't promise anything, but we can certainly be, at this point in time, certainly as optimistic as we want to be. That's all I have to say, guys. Uh, I hope you guys have a great weekend. And Monday, we will probably take that deeper look at Arthur Smith's film, probably catch you up on any other coaching hires that happened over the weekend. And then probably Tuesday, the plan right now is to do the running back review. And then we'll sort of continue with the wide receivers and, and hopefully we'll get through the tight ends before the end of the week. That's the plan. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, if there's any sort of breaking news, we'll, we'll certainly have to talk about certain things, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in for another episode. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to annoy me and ask me about three, four versus four, three switch, then by all means, hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons or uh, send an email to lockdownfalcons at mail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Until then.